Well, here we go. Episode four of the Chase Merrill podcast. I got my guy, my bro, one of my best friends as well, Wesley Wimberly, on today's episode. Welcome, Wes. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I'm so pumped you're here. Let's go, man. Uh, man, this is again 52 project. So, like 52 episodes of conversations with 52 different people who have made an impact on my life and are still making an impact in the world around them. And uh, that's why you're here. Yeah, you've made a big impact in my life. You're still making an impact in my life, and you're you're making an impact in the world around you on a daily basis. We've had a lot of fun, like in our friendship over the last. Uh, it's almost been, I mean, five years probably. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Mm, six, maybe. Okay. Really five, though. Yeah, yeah, really five. Our first that first year was kind of like worst. Yeah, kind of used to rub shoulders, and I was like, yeah. "Who the heck is that?" <laughs> Super swaggy, fashion icon, uh, next I'd, generation fashion I had no icon. Clue what I was doing back then. Yeah, but see the way you walked around with comp, like your your swagger and confidence was literally nobody else at Living Water, which is the church that we were, you know, part of, <laughs> uh, had the same level of swagger and confidence. Yeah. And I was, it always like it did two things. It intimidated me and inspired me at the same time. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I feel like you're. I feel like just from a fashion standpoint, your your uh, your fashion has completely changed since you got here in 2017. <laughs> I don't know if you. I don't know if you've realized that. I well, I don't remember the last time I saw you wear like a short sleeved collared shirt, like right. as t- as tight as it was in 2017. I had a lot. I, I felt like I had a lot to prove. Now. I had a lot to prove when yeah. I got first got here. I mean, like I came in and I, I met a guy named Stephen Mulkey who like like filled out his shirts and like he and he always brought like that kind of like collared kind of game to the table too so i think that was part of it and then i just i really wanted to like set the temperature of like i'm a relevant youth pastor yeah totally (laughs) did you ever see me in that big long shirt no i think i wore it like once or twice like right when i got here and then quickly realized like i'm not this isn't this isn't me (laughs) (laughs) and 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 it's nobody else here so this isn't even a win for this isn't a win for anybody (laughs) Oh, but man, uh, so will you, I, I want to introduce you a little bit, yeah. um, but then I'd really let you introduce yourself and uh, have a conversation today. I mean, this whole podcast is really about helping get people freed up from what's holding them back to get built up into who they were made to be. Yeah. And uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit today, but, Good. um, and then man, you've had a lot of life changes over this last year or over this last couple of years in yeah. this season, uh, between getting married, which was a few years ago, yeah. having your first Almost child oh, for real. Yeah. Okay, so oh my gosh, COVID. A year after you got here, you're right. right. Yeah, COVID kind of just. Yeah, COVID feels like yeah. It was a blur and also an eternity at the same totally. time. <laughs> uh, you had you had your first child. Yep. Uh, you've Let's had go. some ministry transitions and leadership transitions. Just yeah. and then some just life stuff yeah. um, that we'll dive into today. But so here we go. You are Wesley James Wimberly, uh, son of. Tim and Dana Wimberly, yep. uh, youngest brother of five, five. Wimberly boys, men, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you are currently a youth pastor at Living Water in Olympia. Uh, what? Like, give me a snapshot of yeah, how long? I mean, just your marriage. Like, you've been married for like you said, almost five years, and then just a little bit of that part of you, and then what you're doing in youth ministry. Yeah, so married to a, a beautiful human who will probably listen to this podcast. Yeah, she oh, for sure. She's a pod, I feel like she's becoming more of a podcast girl. Um, she's gonna question why I called her that. Um, but what, what's her uh, name? Huh? What's her name? Her name is Amanda Michaela Wimberly. Amanda Michaela. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about the. Yeah, totally. Siri. The, Siri. <laughs> Siri. <laughs> she, you call, had my, her... call my wife. Calling Amanda Michaela. Yeah. With some accent. <laughs> I change it. Sometimes it's Australian. Now I think now it's like South African. So. Okay, sweet. Switching it up. Um, yeah, so we've been married since 2018. 
uh, we did an internship together, like all Christian couples, I feel like. Uh, it's kind of a stereotype story. We are the stereotype story. We both grew up in church and uh, loved church. Her parents were pastors at one point. Uh, my parents have been pastors their whole lives, now are missionaries. And um, yeah, so we got married in 2018. I've been married for five years this August. That's and awesome. um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So, and then uh, we just had a kid. Uh, her name is Sunday, like the day. Let's go. Um, and uh, she's the light of our world, and we love her a ton. Um, I was just leaving the house to come here, and uh, th- something we do when I leave is they go to the window, yeah, and just kind of wave from the window, yeah. and it like she just lights up. It's awesome. Yeah, um, it's so, yeah so that's uh, that's where we're at, and then. Uh, we're youth pastors, and so we both work at Living Water. And um, uh, what did my? my uh, I'm just gonna go for it. My wife said something this morning. She's like, "I'm either hanging out with teenagers or hanging out with you on Sunday." <laughs> and uh, and I thought that was a, a beautiful picture of our kind of life right now because we're yeah. just leading young people and yeah. teenagers and pointing them to Jesus. And um, yeah, we love it. And you're giving yeah, giving your all for it. So like it's yeah. your time, energy. Yeah, we're all. Like, go into that space, yeah. which is kind of what part of one of the things I want to talk about throughout the conversation today is you have a unique, uh, you have a lot of unique things about you. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have I had several that just went like, and I was like, oh, that's, that's not necessarily for the conversation, but, uh, that I, yeah, I appreciate also have been intrigued by different areas of my life with you. But I mean, one of the big things that's marked me is you were raised in the church yeah. by pastors as mom and dad and then became missionaries, right? So they've always been in full-time ministry since you've been alive. Uh, the youngest of five. And and then you've worked at a church or been in ministry for basically your entire working life. Yeah. You had one you had one yogurt shop window, right? I feel like. Yeah, but I was like 16. Okay, yeah. You know, so right. so, so like, po- post high school. Right. Well, even before high school, I technically worked at a church, but post high school, like when you go get a job, job. Right. Has all been church, yeah. right? So, how do you still love Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, like for real though. I think about part of what like marks you is you aren't bitter, or um, I mean, you probably have had seasons of bitterness, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm sure you'll talk about that a little bit, just walking through the ups and downs. But like, I just think part of what stands out about you, Wes, is that you've got all of this raised in church, have only really had ministry church experience from a job point of view and a life point of view, but your love for the Lord is authentic. You actually love Jesus. And and then you actually love people with the love of the father in a way to, to, to reach them with Jesus and to give your life to it. And, and you're still doing, it. I mean, you made it through the pandemic stuff of ministry, which like I felt like took so many people out. Yeah. Um, you've kind of, You've you're in the still probably the middle of the generation that's really walking through some degree of deconstruction and challenging or questioning their faith and their beliefs in the Lord or the structure or the organizational, you know, whatever's of church and ministry. You've been a part of those relationships and you've been in the heat of it, but you're still here and you're not like here begrudgingly like, I hate this. I'm just doing this until I can get out. Like you genuinely still love Jesus. That's rare. It feels like. Yeah. It is. I it so stood out to me because I don't know a lot of people like in my life that like have been raised in the church, and ministry, and are still going like, yeah, like, like I love the Lord. Life's not easy, but uh, I'm still wanting to grow yeah. in my relationship with the Lord and still be in the ministry space. Yeah. So like, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, why do you think? Why do you think that's there? Yeah, I mean that's such a loaded question. Sure. Uh, 
So there's, I mean, there's so much to that. I do, I do want to, I want to preface with the fact that like, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, like to be still here. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't easy. Yeah. It isn't easy. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, I don't know to anybody who feels like, like, you know, I'm still trying to be faithful, you know, like, um, it's not all, it's not all pretty. Right. So like. And I and I got to be a part of your. I have been a part of your life over the last five years. But when we did two and a half years of ministry together, I guess I should have said that too at the beginning. Yeah, we worked really closely together, let's which go. is where we youth pastors for life. Let's let's go, youth pastors for life. In a way that like we went up and down in you know yeah. in the trenches and then to some mountaintops, etc. And I so I got to really see the authentic part of like it wasn't always like I love Jesus and I'm great and ministry is yeah. what I want forever. Like there were yeah. those seasons and uh, to acknowledge what you're saying it wasn't like no but yeah. you did it authentically yeah continue so keep going. yeah so i think i think that as just a preface that like no no year had a a, a perfect you know perfect streak yeah. of of just like this is awesome i love it um and so that that that's just a a reality i just i think i can just hear a lot of things and think like man like they they're just I think even like personally, like, you know, even just after all that you said of me still being here, I still look at other people and think like, man, they just really look like they like are loving it right now. And I don't feel like that. You know what I mean? Like, this is really difficult. Like how, you know, and, um, and so there, there is a reality that like, it is, it's, it's really tough to like, and, uh, and to be honest, like when it comes to that, like, I think there's just a reality that like. I think like Jesus just had like I, I think that I think what I'm realizing I even said it to uh, a couple of days ago to to a, a student thinking like this it really does have to become real like it's like a yeah. real human Jesus from literally the city of Nazareth like like it's not it it's just it can just become so like fairy tale illustrated sure. you know to where it's just this story and I, I think like we have to come to grips with like this 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 like it's more real than you than you realize and we're just so far removed that it can just feel so distant and and far away but like the person of jesus is was fully god and he entered into humanity and like that's a real thing and like so so yeah some of it's not going to make sense because divine entered human nature and that's 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 freaking crazy bro like that like that's a why that's a wild thing that like i just wish more people would 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 come to to grab a hold of because that that allow that for me like that gives me so much more peace in like all of the things throughout this journey of being a part of the church and loving the church and loving ministry and loving jesus and loving people like it's giving me some sort of peace and this isn't always easy but i'm learning as i'm getting older like like it's giving me some sort of peace that like, okay, it's, it's okay that some of this doesn't make sense. And some of it's like in some like legit tension. Yeah. And I just kind of have to like live in that tension yeah. and like kind of the Deuteronomy, you know, 29, 29 or 31, 31. I don't know. It's all I know is that it's the doubles. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it, you know, the, the, the things that we don't know are, are God's mysteries. Right. And the things that we do know are the things that we need to know. Right. And, and so I think there's, uh yeah so i think that that's part of it um and and i think the second thing i think of is like um jesus has to become like king and lord and like yeah like and i i like saying this word because i think it's a little like um 
I think there's a little bit of a weirdness around it because of like even just like American history and culture, but like Jesus is our master. And there's this like kind of sure. piece to that that can feel a little bit like, well, like go live your life. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. And right. it's like, nobody, well, owns, actually, nobody owns you. Yeah. Well, actually yeah. Jesus is our master. And so I read the Bible and I go do what it says, Right. you know? So, um, and I just think for a lot of people, people just, that's not how they live. Well, and, so, so, but even that statement right there, like I read the Bible and I just go do what it says. Right. Yeah. Or Jesus being your master. It's still the thing for me that is hard to understand how you've not only turned out to who you are now and still are who yeah. you're becoming. Um, but how this is so real for you still is you were raised in church yeah, and had Christian parents who were pastors on yeah. top of that yeah, and have only been around all of this stuff. So you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. 100%. Like, you know, and again, a all, lot in this, of, all in the same church. Right. One church. Right. One church, one community. Yeah. You've seen people come and go. You, again, you, you've seen, you've seen stuff. And so... Like that's the thing that just still blows my mind. Yeah. I can hear somebody else's testimony that's like they were in some crazy stuff and like, you know, always drunk or on drugs or whatever else, like just lost themselves. And then they had this collision. Jesus became real to them. And yeah. then they got this love. I, I To see somebody at 20, how old are you? 26. 26. Okay. Like, like or, bottom or in, in, or in pure chase manner. Like twenty six and a half. Okay, let's go. Come on, <laughs> gotta be, gotta be official, uh, detailed. You know, so you're a bottom end millennial, top end Gen Z, but probably more millennial, yeah. right? But like that, like tell me the. I mean, I don't see like. Yeah. There's so many that like they saw so much hypocr you know, hypocrisy, or yeah. they saw so much you know, two face. Like I say one thing, but I don't actually live it. We talk yeah. about Jesus as Lord and Master, but our lives actually aren't submitted to Him. So like, yeah. but let's put that on to you know, just all of that stuff, like how, how, what m helped make it real? Like you said, you, yeah. you really got to see Jesus and know him and have a relationship. Like what in your life brought that to the fold? That wasn't just, you saw it all around you and they told you this is what you got to think yeah. and this, you got to fall in line and be this. Yeah. How did it become real to you? Yeah. I, uh, to be honest, I was thinking about some of this a little bit last night, just thinking about like, like, I think one to start with, there's some sovereignty of the fact that like the family I grew up in, and the people that I was surrounded by, like, I think that's just like, I'm, I'm at least I look back on that and I think, man, I'm really thankful yeah. that like I grew up in a family that like yeah. loved church and like it was a, it was a gift. And that was probably because my dad kind of is more of the story that you just shared of like sure. my life, sure. like crap hit the fan. Right. And now he has a, you know, a pretty incredible yeah. testimony in that way. And so I think there's some reality shout to out, that. Shout out to Tim Wimberly, yeah, by the way, if Romania. you're listening, you probably will listen to this. Shout out. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that some things that come to mind for me is like um, everybody experiences doubt. Like nobody's immune from doubt. I think it's just like some people experience it earlier. And then for some people, like doubt just catches up. Yeah. And, and so I think there's a reality. That that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and so I think for me, like I, I doubt, I, I doubt things all the time. Like I'm still doubting, you know, and figuring that out and I have to walk it out. And I think, I think for me, what honestly kind of pisses me off a little bit is how people take things that happen because I've experienced church hurt in my own church that I pastor at and I've experienced some things that like weren't great and yeah. weren't done well and it's just like I just I've just come to at least, at least I feel like this I just feel like my me and my wife have just come to this resolve of like we're not gonna throw Jesus and his church out 
with the bad Christians that like represented him poorly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's going to happen, but I'm, I, I'm just, I've just, I, I just don't want to throw Jesus out because that's, that's not who Jesus is, you know? And so, uh, I, I think that's part of it. And then honestly, I think there's some, I think there's some reality to the fact that like, I just haven't left. Right. You just I, haven't given I had up some, yet. I had some, I had some bad days, some bad weeks, some bad months, but like, I just, I just stayed. Yeah. And, and I, I, and it's not I, that you also didn't have the opportunity to leave. Cause no, I know you, I had, you, have, yeah. you had plenty. Yeah. You still I mean, probably even didn't. coming into like when you hired me as a youth pastor, right. I mean, I had three or four options on the Gosh, table. I was praying on my knees. God, please. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know he's got better options on the table, but I want this. Yeah. Dude. And I don't, I don't say that to like two mile horn, but no. even like after high school, like, I, I was literally signed up for another program. I was headed to San Diego. Right. And then, and then I got rerouted and, and I ended up staying. Thank the Lord. Cause that's how I met my wife and we got married and now we have Sunday and it's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just, I think there's some reality that I think just some people just quit too early Yeah, and they quit too early on the doubt journey. And, um, and I think there's just, again, the whole thing about like the tension, like, like you're not going to understand it all. Like, I, I just think like there's such this, like, I don't know if it's just the entitlement because we have access to everything all the time now. Right. But it's just like it's this like desire like we need to understand everything, and if I don't understand it, then I, I begin to distance myself, you know, and um, and so I think that I think there's part of that like I I, I just know that I'm not going to understand everything, yeah, and 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 that's okay, and I'm still going to give my life to this, and then I've just never seen any, and part of it like I go to church every Sunday, and I have for 26 years, right, and uh, I just I I've never seen anybody. Uh, I've never seen anybody grow in their love for Jesus by exiting the church. You know what I mean? Totally. And so I think that's part of it. But to be honest, I'm a little, I feel a little like, I don't know. Like, is there some, am I, is there something like I'm not seeing like, or I can go the opposite side and get kind of prideful. Like I'm built different, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. And, and I honestly don't, I honestly don't know. And I, I, yeah, it, it breaks my heart a little bit. Like yeah. thinking about people who just like, just feels like they just, ah, I wish they, you know, I wish they could see this a little bit differently sure. or, you know, or. Well, then that, but that brings a good point to the table too. Like you said, like you haven't seen somebody that's walked away, gr- continue to grow in their love for yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I think church is essential. Yeah. So. But I would like not to counterpoint it, but like something that I've, now that I've stepped into leading a church yeah. over the last year. And have been a part of ministry for 11, 12 years, full time as a vocational pastor, minister, and then my whole life for the most part, too, uh, has been that just being in the church doesn't necessarily mean you're growing in your love for totally. Jesus either, yeah. right? So that's yeah. not necessarily like they, they equals this or that, depending totally. on, because how many people do we know, like, that church has become or ministry has become yeah. something that they're they're all about or they're in or they attend, but they're actually not growing in their love. And I yeah. think... And again, I have had lots of conversations with friends, family, right? That like have walked away from the church or their faith or deconstructing in some form or fashion. So much of it has to do with, in their perspective and experiences, the the very people that didn't actually love and grow in their love for Jesus as they were representing God or the church. And yeah. those actions from those people in some form or fashion Right, had contributed to the hurt, pain, or 
whatever yeah. that has that caused some of that in people to go like, oh, I don't need this. Like, I'll go love Jesus without the unhealthy, toxic stuff that has come from X, yeah. Y, or Z. Which again, so I can see. Yeah. I can see that side 100% because I've seen it, right? We both have. Yeah, We've been 100%. in those places in different, you know, ministry settings with different leaders and seen like, that's, that's probably not the healthiest way, totally. you know? Yeah. And, and again, I, one of the things we'll have to dive into, I think is like the pastor pedestal yeah, conversation. We've yeah. talked about a little bit about that before, but I'd love to just, I'd love to talk about that too. But I just bring in that perspective to the table for those that are listening and thinking to themselves like, you know, your statement made, you know, anybody that's left the church, you haven't seen somebody continue to grow, which which I would agree with in large part. Yeah, because I, I, I don't say that to say that there's no exceptions. Sure. Yeah. I just think like the, there's a reality, like just on a like a biblical basis, like sure. we're supposed to grow up into the head, which is Christ. Right. We're supposed to mature right. into the head of Christ. And I just like, how do you how, how how do you stay connected to the head if you're not connected to the body? Do, right. you know, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think so. I think there's a reality to there. Is there exceptions? I, I, absolutely. Yeah. But I think that's the premium that I put on church, right? Because of my value of being connected to the body of Christ. Yep. And what better way to be connected to the body of Christ than to be connected to the local church? Right. Right. So yeah. I, and I so think I, I think, say that to yeah. Say that that's a good. No, that's exceptions. a great. That's a great. That's just a great addition to what you said. Uh, I think part of where I'm seeing people's biggest issue is just the fact that like they have seen in their opinion so much unhealth with the local church yeah and there's in some way in their mind that they can have what the church represents outside of the local church and so it may not even be that they're leaving local church or leaving the body because they're like i'll go do my own little body yeah that's healthier than what i've experienced here and still be a part but what we part of what we've had talking talks about before and i think is an important thing to to address is that there are some things that are like biblically required in like what actually makes yeah, totally. a, a local church or a body, yeah, which is a great, it, yeah. right. It's not just coffee talking about what Jesus is speaking to you. Yeah, you totally. know, there's, there are some things and elements that like help create what a church body and yeah. community is that a lot of people are kind of like substituting right now for maybe a little bit more of a, you know, fake sugar kind of a totally. sub, uh, what's it called? A substitute, yeah. like a stevia kind of church because yeah. they're like, well, and so I think that's part of what's a part of this as well. Totally. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, even down to like, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to like derail, but like even like sacraments, like sure. communion, communion, baptism, right. right. Those things, those things that like they're physical, but they're also, there's also this mystical spiritual side of it that right. have, has a significance to coming together as the body of Christ. Right. And I think things like that just can get so overlooked because, because of it, our day and age, this, 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 um, this authenticity and like community to the like the unhealthy side can kind of get idolized sure. if that makes sense 100 percent. do you know what i mean like yeah. it's, it's all about community and it's like yeah but right like god also like has some requirements for us on how we approach him and right. how we come together and right because what we at do the when, end of the day we are it's together. actually more about honoring god yes right? he, yeah he, or like that's that's the, the kind of the bigger one even yeah. above some of those other things that he's also instituted or yeah. created but yeah yeah, no, I think I think this is good. I think a lot of our like friends or people in our you know, our our generation, let's just use that word, it's such a such a church word. Yeah, it feels like, no, but, it totally is. Um next gen leadership <laughs> podcast. Let's go. Um 
we've done a podcast before yeah by the way. Uh, uh-huh. it's still actually on pod i don't, yeah. I, don't I think it's still up there somewhere but totally. there's some good there's some good episodes remember when we were like recording an episode and you literally had covid for the first time before covid was a thing we think we had covid let's, had let's COVID. be real here you were like <laughs> i was coughing quite i was a bit. like right here and they i was checked like, me for pneumonia you're really sick my bro. lungs were good like are you gonna be able to make it and then like it was covid yeah that was like february yeah um you know with all i i just think the this is a it's obviously super sensitive because of how many different people you know that our generation represents that are walking through some form of figuring this stuff out yeah. and i mean I, I said it a little bit ago but we we i feel like i'll just represent me i won't represent you you can speak for yourself uh i have to acknowledge the the different the different things that have caused pain and hurt for people that have experienced church hurt, pastor hurt, leader hurt, whatever that world is. Like, like I see it. Like yeah. it, It's not like no, totally. I'm, I'm not in the camp that's like, you know, grow up snowflake and yeah. put your big boy or big girl pants on and move forward with life. Because I, I recognize like when I'm really honest, I recognize like, nah, there's some, there's some unhealthy stuff that really hurt me. And yeah, I, I totally. may have just because of my personality, I decided to stuff it and bury it yeah. so that I could keep performing or try to perform. That 100%. was right. And so yeah. I, I think that's just worth acknowledging. I don't think you disagree with that, but Not that this is really a conversation about, okay, yes, that is true. But what does that actually, we're not even, not even, but sure. And sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. that's great. I, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's really, and I think that's maybe part of the problem that, sure. that maybe one gets, like right. the pastors emphasize right. well, but there's good churches out there and right. there's good pastors out right. there, and then it which feels is like true. It, right. But then it but feels then, like it devalues. But then or, the other oh. side can kind of just overemphasize like church hurt, church abuse, as if that's just this blanket against the entire church. You know, so I think I think they're really, a, I think it's an and like, yeah, there are good churches. Yeah. And there are good pastors who love Jesus. Yeah. And there's also some like really crappy things that happen and like, yeah, people make stupid decisions and yeah. Yeah. And a lot of hurt happens. Yeah. And I think for me, for me and for you, again, I won't speak for you, but I know we've had conversations about this. Like, um, ministry is, is really hard. Yeah. And <laughs> it does not ever excuse like unhealthy or a toxic things that could come out of leaders and create abuse or hurt for people, et cetera. Like that's never an excuse. And that's not at all what I'm saying here. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think a lot of people underestimate how how difficult, challenging, uniquely that it is yeah. to be in these kind of roles yeah. where you're trying to, <laughs> I mean, you're trying to like still love Jesus personally, like because right, all of it flows out of that. Totally. Like, I mean, but how because how many yeah. unhealthy things have we seen pastors that have fallen, et cetera, because yeah. they, they really lost their first love. So we're trying to keep that world yeah. good us figure out how to keep growing as a leader a yeah. director a people equipper uh yeah. etc a bible teacher a good communicator uh you know planner a vision caster it's yeah. uh, administrative all these things totally. and then people's expectations that come with all that yeah um i mean there have been plenty of days i've been like i'm out yeah like, i don't want to do this anymore this is so yeah. hard and um i do think that there there can be expectations on pastors that can be unhealthy yeah um i'd love to hear your thoughts on you know we we've had a few guys even recently that guys that in the ministry space more out in the like 
national global yeah. leadership space. Um, yeah, guys like Matt Chandler. Yeah. Um, guys that are, you know, they had some form of which Matt Chandler is a little of a, an anomaly. It was his, his is a little right. different. You're yeah. right. You're right. But so, but but, but yeah. that prodded. I, I think. Mean, I don't mean. <laughs> I'm I, not trying to. <laughs> I I think that prodded actually our conversation that we had had about like yeah. Just I mean I, I, I mean I think I had one with somebody else too. Just wrestling through what happened with him in that situation, yeah. social media, etc. Where you know the the language they used with his, um, his his messaging to this to this woman who wasn't his wife, but they were mutual friends with the, you know his wife's friend etc whatever yeah i forget the language but it was like um too frequent familiar familiar, familiar they, the, 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 the way that they communicated felt more familiar than it should be for a program yeah so part of that was and they, they he he was removed from leadership for a while to kind of go through process etc etc yeah. you know everybody uh that saw or knew or has any care about that situation had some opinion about it social media there was several that were like you know he's done pastoring um and then there were some that were like, like the opposite side like right this seems like a Right. Have you guys you heard? Guys, of, have you guys seen Carl Lentz? You know, you like guys are making like, a big deal out of right. Which, by the way, like praying for Carl because that dude impacted yeah. my life in a way for a while, oh, and I'm like totally heartbroken about how all that went down, but still believing for God's restoration there, and for the right healing with the people that he impacted. But yeah, so like the expectations on pastors, like obviously biblically, we we are held to a higher standard, and we should be. Yeah. As teachers of the word, 100%. Um, our life and our our actions and behavior and all of that should be um, held to a higher standard because of what we're representing. A hundred percent. It feels like okay, and I'm 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 kind of stepping out on a limb a little bit. I love limbs. Really? Yeah. Cool. I don't. You don't? Not really. Not? They can snap off. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can snap off and. But at this stage in the game, uh, this whole podcast is stepping out on a limb. So like this yeah. whole thing. So, uh, and I, here's why I think it's hard for me because I'm still a pastor yeah. and I don't want it to come across as like, Hey, look, look at what we're going through. Like feel bad for us, et cetera. My that's heart's not at all. in the right place. Yeah. And that's not, <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> Prefaces aside, hmm. uh, I think I've watched there be almost this like, impossible place of expectation on pastors to not ever fail or mess up yeah like in that matt chandler thing again not that i'm condoning it or think that i I do think that he did not live above reproach enough in that situation and and there was a lot of great probably windows or signs that he could have had um that would have been like don't continue the conversations or whatever but like the way i watched people respond to that as a pastor I stepped back and I thought to myself, man, it like I'm still a, I'm a I'm still human. Yeah. Like I'm not perfectly holy. Yeah. I still have sinful desires, sinful tendencies, yeah. sinful habits or things that I have my 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 life that I'm still working through and trying to, you know, yeah. become more of who Christ has called me to be. I still struggle. I still have doubts. Yeah. What's okay to struggle with or to fail in and still be able to like be who God's called me to be, yeah. to be a pastor. Because it feels like we've got a world of, if you ever let anybody know this is some of a struggle or you messed up in this space or whatever, like cancel goodbye, see you later. Yeah. And I, I just don't, one, I don't know how biblical that is when I think about the grace of Jesus, when I think about his ability to forgive and re- redeem and restore. Um, But I also don't know how 
possible it is to to stay within that standard or expectation. And so yeah. I, I just want to talk about, give me some of your thoughts on that. Like yeah. as a pastor who's had a pastor mom and dad yeah. and been around pastors your whole life, but you're there now as one yourself, like what are your thoughts about the expectation that is there? Yeah, I think, man, I really want, I really want to be like rooted in the scriptures, Yeah, you know? And I just, I think a lot of the, the, maybe the standards that pastors are held to in our day and age, and I'm not trying to like lower, so I'm not trying to like lower the standards to where it's like one, like easier to be a pastor or like, um, or allows us to live with more worldly flesh, whatever, or or allows more like space for there to be 2023 guys. Let me be, you know, I'm really not, but, but I do think that there are some things that have been added on top sure that just like aren't biblical like 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 just like and and it's because they're not even like they're not even like character things they're more like social yeah like social requirements or social contracts or like just like social expectations that you that people just put on you because of x y and z whether it's like that's how they grew up in church or that's how they think you know they should pastors should be held to the you know and so it's just like to be honest, I just think, I think a lot of people, like, I think we need to go back to the scriptures and figure, you know, what, what are, what are we actually like asking of these human beings? Cause like, I'm, I'm not one to say like, there should be less value put on like the, the, or not less value, but like less, um, strictness on the fact that like they're teaching the word of God. Right. Like that's a right. big deal. Right. And that, that to me is the most important thing. And to be honest, I don't think that's the most important thing right. to the other people who put these high standards on pastors. Sure. I think honestly, like their, 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 uh, qualifications for what's being taught and how they're teaching the word is probably like less on the list more. So it's like, how are you, how are you meeting my, you know, whatever, or sure. how are you living up to this in, you know, in my view of what a pastor should be, to be honest, yeah. I just think they're more social than they are like biblical and like are you teaching the word? Right. Right. And, and so, and I, I think there's totally things about like that, that should be in place, like living above reproach and all, all of these different things. Like I, 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 I want to be that, like I, but I, I just, I just don't think that some of these really what are are more like pressures. Yeah. That I just, (sighs) I, I think that having that sense of, I can't fail. Yeah. At times has created a tendency to when I do fail, yeah, keep it hidden. Yeah. And that's what I've experienced with a lot of pastors. Like they don't just like have one royal fail out of the blue. Yeah. It's it's a degree of failing in a way that they've tried to maintain some of that whatever knowing that like you know you have some some weakness or some fail and if it's found out or it's discovered in some way like you know goodbye like you're done yeah. like you don't you're not qualified for this anymore. And a lot of times like that's, that needs to happen. Yeah. Right. The Holy spirit needs to bring in that sense of like exposure so people can get right with God. Cause God's not going to bless that, you know, habitual sin that somebody is in or something where they're keeping things in darkness. But it, it's that concept. That's what I want to wrestle with. It's that like the pressure yeah. that is on the pastor world to always maintain that yeah. sense of strength and wholeness and, purity and all of those things but we but we really like are still human like everybody else and how do you like where can you go fail and still be a pastor and walk in a way that's not like uh unhealthy yeah or not 
taking bringing or uh, not deglorifying, but like, that God's not getting uh, His name rug you know through the run through the mud yeah. because of what you're doing. I just think it. I think it's hard. I don't see this done well. Yeah. Like pastors that can go, hey, yeah, I just I'm I'm I, I messed up like a human in this way, and it's in the light, and I'm going to continue to walk it out with the Lord and with counsel with people who are yeah. helping me walk it out and kind of walk that pro- process out. Yeah. Um, I just don't see it. And yeah. I think at times for younger pastors, it creates an even greater pressure. Yeah. You can't fail is if you do, you're done. Yeah. So then what do we do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's part of the thing I wrestle with. And I want to be a pastor who lives authentically and is vulnerable totally. with my weakness yeah. And I've really tried to do that in this first year and a half or so leading this church to be almost like un unnecessarily vulnerable. <laughs> what do you I, mean by that? Like I think there are times where um I ask myself the question, is this level of vulnerability with my congregation, with my leaders from the pulpit, is this level of vulnerability going to help or hinder? the gospel. Hmm. And what I mean by that is like, is someone going to listen to this and go, Oh yeah. If he's, if he's struggled or struggling with that, but he's supposed to be like my pastor. Yeah. What does that say about like, in, in uh, like uh, there's that vibe. Right? And I think that's where a lot of the unhealthy pride comes in. Like, okay, that's why I won't let anybody see that spot. I've chosen to kind of go the opposite way, which is like, Hey, I'm not, I got nothing to hide up here. I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. I can't. Cause if I try to do that, I won't be your pastor very long anyway. Yeah. Cause I'll implode on the inside. So I'm struggling with this or I have struggled with this. And so I've led with a, like a greater vulnerability that I think for an older generation, especially might be one that's like, hmm. I need a little more strength and experience yeah. and put togetherness in order to yeah, feel like it is kind of a generational thing isn't it yeah i think that might be part of it as i'm even saying it, it kind of because i feel like the, the the younger generation is honestly the opposite right but I they're mean, like they want you to be more vulnerable yeah yeah so being a a pastor right now with a multi-generational church like i've got you know elementary school kids that are sitting in sunday mornings and i've got yeah. an 84 85 year old and yeah. i mean so that's a challenge for sure how yeah. do you preach the scriptures, teach the scriptures and let that be the highest form of authority, but also communicate in an effective enough way yeah. that's vulnerable to a multi-generational audience and church body. Yeah. I definitely think it's been a struggle. Yeah. So when you think about, when you think about being a pastor, tell like, just like what's one of the most difficult things for you about it? And then what, on the other side of that spectrum, what do you still go like today, 2023, you're like, I love this about being a pastor. This is yeah. something I treasure yeah. about it. I, you know, I think something I I think about, not very often, but because I, I honestly, I just don't want to sound like someone is just like, I don't want to be, because I, I, honestly, I feel like this is just all too common is that like, like it just sounds like pastors don't want to be pastors. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, then don't like yeah. <laughs> go get another job. Like right. if this is really not what you want to do. Right. And I think that's why so many people uh, join the ministry and then leave like a couple sure. years later because they just like, they didn't either, they didn't count the cost and realize what this actually was right. or, you know, a myriad of different other reasons. Sure. But 
But I think the reality, I, as you were talking about, just kind of like the 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 pressures that that a church can put on a pastors or people can put on a pastor, and I, I'm thinking about like Moses and the, and the people of Israel, and like one Moses, <laughs> right, right, just one. Yeah, wasn't multiple Moseses. There wasn't, you know, a Moses for each part of the can, you know, right. just one Moses, you know, and millions of Israelites. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that to me is just crazy. And I think there's, I think there's a reality to that, that like, I don't, and I don't want to sound like a, whatever. I think that there's a reality that there's only one of me. Right. And I feel that, like, I, I hope people who aren't pastors hear this, like, I feel an astronomical pressure and I'm not even a lead pastor. I'm a youth pastor and, you know, and an elder within our church, you know, but, but I'm, I am one person and I feel like this astronomical pressure of like, there's a ton of you, you know, and how do I do, how do I be what you're looking for in leadership and authority to all of you? Like, I just, I don't, I don't even know where was, what was the original question? But, but yeah, like, like the, this, one of the greatest struggles yeah, of being a pastor that, and then, that, and then something on the other side of that spectrum. Yeah. So that, that to me is, no. it's really difficult. I just, I, because like, I want people to get it. You know, yeah. I'm talking to a seventh grader yesterday who wants to get baptized and I'm like, you know what girl, like the most important thing to me is that in 30 years from now, you still love Jesus. Yeah. And that's a pressure on me that like, oh my gosh, like weighs really like heavily. Yeah. And there's only one of me. Yeah. And so I think that's like, I think that's why so many pastors try to do it all themselves and then they crumble under the pressure because yeah. they, yeah, they're not making disciples and delegating, you know, and, and really creating this like funnel like Jesus did, you know, yeah. to where it's, yeah. Um, before, so, before we go into the second part of the question, yeah. pause it. I, I think this is something to wrestle out to you. This has been one of the things I've wrestled on because everything you just said, I super resonate with. Yeah, like astronomical pressure and weight. Like that, like, check. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's hey, um, and has has crippled me in a lot of seasons and moments. Right, where I'm stepping into in this season of my life now is trying to, with the Lord, go. What is my responsibility? Yeah, in this whole process, to healthily. Uh, not put on what's not mine to put on. Yeah. Because, you know, part of this conversation is how much of it is the people's expectations that are at fault Yeah. versus me to go, I see that expectation, but that's not who I'm going to be or who I am. And I, so I'm not going to actually put that expectation on. Yeah. And I've lived more of my life with just like trying to just and recognizing like there's actually something internally that the Lord wants to rewire, restructure, build up. That's more secure and confident yeah. to go. Um, you could bring all the pressure in the world, but yeah. I've, I've got a different source of security and identity yeah. that's going to actually produce out of me the healthiest version of who God's called yeah. me to be regardless of the pressure. I've done that terribly but i'm recognizing or at least i'm asking more now how much of this is actually something god wants to do bigger in me yeah so that it doesn't matter how many people have come into our church or ministry i recognize my limits and i i grow in that security does that that make sense i just think that's part of where i'm i'm not there to be very clear but i'm i'm walking that out recognizing i've lived a lot of my ministry life like that going like i can't keep up yeah and i and i feel it i feel the weight yeah and it's just crushing at times. Yeah. But do you, uh, 
what's something that just bringing you absolute joy when you think about being a pastor? Yeah. There really is, there really is nothing like doing what we do. Yeah. Like there's just, and honestly, I don't know much different because right. it's all I've really ever done and what I grew up around. Right. Um, but I think in a, I don't even know how to explain this part of being a pastor and just the, the, the joy that it brings, but it's kind of a wide variety. Like in the last six months or so, I've been to Mexico city and just like been with some Mexican pastors and just like got to hear their story and like what, what they're struggling with. Yeah. That was a great trip. Yeah. And no, I, I don't know many people get to do that. Right. 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 As part of their job. Fast, fast forward to now. And I have, you know, me, my wife and a teenager on my couch, like just like walking through life with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And that all fits into this one job. Right. You're right. And then, and then, and then part of my work is to like learn the Bible, you know, and something I really, I really love and like want to grow in. Right. I just like, I just want to know it. Like, and, 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 and part of it, like in like an academic way, like I want to know it because I want to know God's word, but there's also like, like I. The study like, of even it. like a, like as a like a not a hobby I don't you know I don't want to like belittle God's word down to a hobby but like I just genuinely enjoy it yeah like I think if like if I wasn't a pastor I think it would be something that I right. did in my free time you right. know and and all of that fits into this one role and then you mix into it to the moments where you know like I preached a message on hope the other day and really talked about like what does the Bible say about hope and and get to sit with kids as they come to the altar and like. And like deal with the fact that like they've lost hope and the fact that like Jesus is returning is the ultimate hope that we can always have. Like good is coming. The yeah. best is yet to come because, you know, like all of that fits into one role. Yeah. You know, I, right. I just think I don't I don't know how. To, so however you would phrase that, right. that's the joy right. of like that. I just like this just doesn't get old. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, yeah. So when you think about the future of the church. Yeah. The future of pastors, ministers, people yeah. in that space. The future of the church. Every we, said every podcast. Yeah. Right. Yes. No, it's good. It's good. I just I love it. Well, I think like we we represent something here. Yeah. In at some level, like we've been in ministry for a while. You've been in it your whole life. I've been in it pretty much my whole life. Like I yeah. worked at Chick Fil A for a hot minute, but <laughs> which was basically ministry. Honestly. Yeah. Right. The Lord's chicken every yeah. day. Um. But like, if we bail, right? Yeah. Like if I go, man, in three to five years, I'm, I'm done with full-time ministry. Yeah. Um. And you bail because for because it's continue, whatever. Like, there's that thought of like, yeah, I'm called to this, but it may not be my whole life. Like I can still walk are in our callings outside of vocational ministry or yeah. as full-time pastors. We both believe that, but there's something really special and unique about this call. Yeah. But like, and, I that's, th- and that's a challenge. It is. I, lo- I love to talk about it. Cause I think it is a challenge. Yeah. We should, we should, we should yeah. jump into that. I know we're probably getting close on time. Yeah. We're real close. But so, so basically where I'm going is like the reality that I look behind me yeah, and I see a wave and tsunami of hurt from church hurt, yeah. church leaders, et cetera, where there's not the same like 
excitement, uh, pursuit, uh, not only it feels like of, well, I don't want to, t- I don't want to undersell what God is doing in the next generation because he's doing great things. Totally. Obviously. There's, you're 100%. seeing it on the front yeah. lines, like kids, kids, young people, high schools, high school students, like they're all they're I mean, they're coming to know Jesus, having encounters with his presence, give their lives to him, et cetera, <clears throat> be called. It feels like when I look behind me, there's more, uh, like hurt and damage that's been done that there's going to be this like gap hmm. of who is going to continue to like run with this stuff, like being a pastor and leading yeah. churches and ministries in a way that maybe we've experienced or we've seen it ahead of us based on like how many people were in my own class, if you will, that were like, I want to intern. I want to be a pastor. Totally. Cult, totally. You know, where, like, you know, and that again, not that many of those people are still doing it. So maybe even to Fair my point. point, but I go, how do you think, what do you, how do you think about that? Yeah. Like, how do you, how, how do you, what kind of responsibility do you feel like you have in that to go, okay, I'm here now. I recognize that like the generation ahead of us and ahead of us, ahead of them is going to not always be there. Yeah. How do we, what's our responsibility as young pastors to make sure that there's, I mean, I know that's the answer to this, but to make sure that there's still a church, it's not our yeah. church. It's his church. Totally. He's God. He's been doing it for a long yeah. time. He's building it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. All that I believe, but I, I yeah. feel that sometimes when I go like, where are anyone that yeah, is totally. ready to jump into this? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say the unhealthy, like response, uh, responsibility. I feel that I don't think is right. Is I got to convince people to join the ministry. Right. I just, I just right. like, I can't do that. No, because right. if I if I have to convince you, like, I don't think you're gonna. Right. Pretty, you know right. what I mean? Like, right. it's just it's just not gonna work, you know. And so, um, I think that's a great question. I I've, I think about that a lot, especially just in the youth setting, because of how how much I saw it. Like when right. I was in youth, right? Like, dude, I my first message I preached, I was at like twelve. Like, I wanted to be a pastor since I was like like eleven. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who who? No one does that anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, it, I don't and, see and hear it anywhere. Yeah. Like and, I used to. Yeah. So, and I saw it all the time. I mean, there was like uh, people graduate high school and just like, like just chasing after being in p- part of some kind of internship, you know, right. at a church, right. you know, and it was just like, it was just like their life mission, you know? And, and I think there's, there's a lot of stuff to that, you know, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I don't think our job is to convince people to join the ministry. Yep. I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that um I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that right. it's going to produce longevity. I don't I just think it's going to honestly create more destruction in the wake of of just all the stuff that's yeah. already been experienced out there, yeah. So, um but what is our responsibility? kind of at a loss i mean i think I, I i think i think it's i think we can kind of take on a little too much of like we're building the church yeah like people in ministry like i hear that a lot like oh man i just love i love that we get to build the church with jesus and it's like i think i i think we play roles but like i think ultimately like like it's it's it's, it's jesus building the church you know what i mean like he he really does it and um and so i think in the same way like i think he's gonna he's gonna He's going to call Saul's who are on the opposite direction. Yes. And bring them in and and we're going to have some Pauls in the faith that are going to Yeah. that are going to lead this church in the next generation and 
and uh and I think I here 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 here's maybe what the unsaid responsibility is. I don't know. This is just a this is my just kind of just came to my head. I think it's for us to 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 lead, I think for our generation to not just go the trajectory, but to lead by example in that we are pursuing uh, emotional health. We're pursuing healthy marriages, yeah. healthy families. Yep. Um, to where this is what happens. There isn't just a bunch of pastors in church that complain about church people and complain about this, but they're like actually pastors who are like leading the church well. Yep. And it's it's fun because we get to follow Jesus as he builds his church. Yep. And I think that's going to, I think honestly, it's not attractive to a lot of people these days because of all the stuff around church and because pastors aren't leading, pastors aren't honestly putting that out that great of an example right. that like this is worth giving your life to, right. you know? And so I think, uh, you know, I think of Pete Sixero. He says, you know, like your your marriage is the loudest gospel message you'll preach. Yeah. Okay. Right. So so instead of focusing on on recruitment right. for the ministry, focus on on your marriage. So like good. that's convicting to my heart. Right. Focus on your marriage and make your marriage the loudest gospel message, and people are gonna see like that yeah. is different. Right. And so you know, you know, I I don't know. I think I think that's I think that's our first and foremost responsibility as 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 leading the church because if the church is supposed to grow up yep and yeah. i think part of growing up is is actually not not just uh not just point i, I mean I, I told you this the other day not just pointing people to the cross but saying hey we need to get on this cross and and when we get on the cross we actually don't just talk about the words of jesus but we actually practice the lifestyle of jesus and that's actually going to create some more healthy people and some more people that are like this is worth giving my life to. Yep. And and, and maybe, maybe that's it. But but beyond that, I I, I I don't really know because I I'm done with people just seeing cool pastors and thinking I want to do that too. Yeah. And then with within five, mm-hmm. you know, five seven years maybe at the most, and they're just like out. Yeah. And gone and not really committed to the church anymore. And I just I don't want that. Yeah, I don't. You know, either. and uh, so. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. That that example side of things, living an example with their life, the holistic life, yeah. not even just like in the ministry, yeah. like the marriages, like the way that you love your kids, like those yeah. kind of things, could be the very thing. If we do those things really well, the yeah. people go that, and he's a pastor. I will. I just see him as a great husband, and yeah. that's what I want. And I, yeah. I, you know, that kind of stuff could be there. Yeah. Okay, last question. This is the wrap-up kind of question to to close up the podcast. Yeah. Like I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, this this whole thing is about having conversations with people who have impacted me, and and the hope of. Which the, I love that idea, by the way. The fifty two project. Appreciate. It. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, like whether anybody like, watches I, watches like, this or not, that's a cool name. Yeah, anybody like, watches this whole thing, like for me, I just get to have this. Yeah. Like if there are no cameras, right? Like I'm yeah. getting to have I, scheduling fifty two conversations with like yeah. people that I mean, I mean, dude, this this is a treasure. So made an impact but the the hope from the conversations is that it really helps people get freed up from the things holding them back yeah so they can be built up into who they were made to be when you think about your life right now what is the greatest thing that you feel like is holding you back that you wish you could get freed up from to be more of you who you were made to be or maybe one of the things, I mean, yeah, not the greatest, but like real. what's, because yeah. I mean, we have, I'm sure, yeah, we all have lots, but like so what, what comes to your heart when you think like, man, this is like vulnerable West for a second. 
this I, I feel like has held me back. I want I would love to get freed up from this to, yeah. to walk more in who God's called me to be and who yeah. I was made to be. Yeah, I think um I think for me, I think the I, I don't know if this is too general, but it's just what comes to mind. Um and I can go maybe into a little bit of the specifics, but you know, when I think about being built up into who I'm created to be, I think about like that's gonna require some change. Yeah. Some transformation. Like I, I tell my students that like if you're not changing, like if you're not like looking different because of your relationship with Jesus, like something's wrong. Yeah, something is disconnected. Yeah, right. Because we 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 need to be. Yeah. <laughs> we need to be changing. And um, and I'm reminded of like scripture, like Romans twelve, like we're 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 transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. And I think the thing that holds me back more than anything is my thoughts and like just staying stuck in my head. Yeah. You know, and whether that's thinking about what people think, you know, or I think honestly for me, like one of the biggest thing is like, I see me through the lens of everybody else before I see me through like, you know, God's lens, but like, even like mine, my own, right. like who am I, yeah. you know? Um, and so I think, um, I, I just, it frustrates the crap out of me. I just, I don't want to be stuck in my head and miss and miss what's in front of me, miss what God's doing in me. And I think part of that, and here's maybe where I'll tie it. Cause I think this is the biggest part of just like, of what I feel like holds me back in terms of just like my identity, who I am is getting stuck in my head, my mind and my thoughts, but pertaining to the topic of like recognition, influence, and like being known for something great. Yeah. And maybe this is the biggest one, but like I'm 26. I feel behind. Hmm. Why? <laughs> why do I feel that way? <laughs> like, why do I feel like I should be further down the road? And I just think hmm. what a great tactic of the enemy. <laughs> like, yes. To just like, you know, you should have had kids earlier, you know, or you should have, you know, you should have gotten this uh, piece of growth down by now so that you could be really influencing people, Yeah, you know? And I think part of that goes back to like my childhood. Like I, I heard something the other day is like, you got to deal with your, your trauma, drama, daddy, and mama. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, I think back to my childhood and how many people like in good intent, I, I would assume, you yeah. know? Sure. But like, you're going to preach to thousands, right? Right. I spoke, was, I spoke words yeah, over Yeah, like I was you, a good like... talker. And so I just feel like I got that a lot. Yeah. And, and that like, that like did something to me. So like, if anything, like your words matter, like be careful what you like right. prophesy over somebody in the name of Jesus, you know, in the name right. like God's thus saith the Lord, you right. know, because it's really created this thing in me of like, yeah, like one day it's just going to hit. And I'm just going to have this like crazy influence and recognition and it's like and and so it, it just changes the way i see life it changes like sure. i i gotta i gotta get moving like i'm behind yeah i'm oh, i told you i'm in my late 20s you know i'm 26 <laughs> i'm closer to 30 you know and, and i gotta get moving you know i gotta get going and and i'm just i don't mm. know i've been reading a lot of these i'm trying to follow some of these people that just kind of are a little bit countercultural. yeah 
kind of like a resistance to kind of just the social trajectory of yep. things and culture. And a lot of them are talking about they're like, they, oftentimes those people are the people that are like studying the people like of like back when, you yeah. know, like ancient people, yeah. monks, yeah. saints, right. you know, all these different people. And, and I just been reading a lot of those things and I'm seeing these people that like, like this one, you know, nun who was later recognized as a saint and she did ministry for like 10 years from when she was like a teenager to like 24 and, and she lived a quiet life, you know, and, 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 and it didn't, it wasn't thousands and millions and right. all these different things. She just, she just did what she could, with what she had, what was in front of her and, and then was later recognized for her faithfulness. Right. Right. Later recognized for her, 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 her devotion to the lord yeah and that was an that's enough yeah you know and and so i think the biggest thing holding me back is just like getting stuck in my head of like i'm behind i don't have and part of that's a cultural thing of like everybody wants to be famous these days right like everybody everyone wants to go viral yeah everyone wants to go viral start a youtube channel you know i mean i make <laughs> youtube channels are just stupid so like you know make just make money no. off of being a right Influencer. An influencer, yeah. yeah. And like, I so want to like just die to that, but there's just a piece of me that just like, I just want to be known. Yeah, I want to be recognized. So, I, I think if anything, that that's what's gonna like keep me. Yeah. From like the destiny, you know. Sure. That's I, that word's a little weird for me because it yeah. just feels like it's too set in stone almost, sure, you know. But sure. no, I think if anything, that's going to keep me from doing what God's. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for thanks for your vulnerability. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's super real, and I think a lot of people will resonate. I know I do with that, and uh, and man, do we encourage you? You you aren't behind. Yeah. Um. You're the way you authentically live your life. Love your wife. Love your daughter. Love the people God's put in front of you to serve. Love your friends. I mean, I've been so loved by you as a friend over these last five years. You've been one of my favorite uh, relationships. That Honestly, there's been a few times where as we've wrestled in ministry in difficult seasons over this last five <laughs> years where we're like, gosh, the rain in Washington. Ah, let's go. <laughs> and, and for Holly and I, like it was it was counting the cost of the relationships we would have to leave. Yeah. And, and you and Amanda were always in like the top two of those over the last five years for us of like, if we, if we move today, who, who would we be like, gosh, dang it. We're not in the same area with them to live yeah. life anymore. And, and so the, and that happens because you, you just were you and embraced Holly and I and, you know, our kids. And, and so all of that has made such an impact on me. And so many, I mean, the way you preach authentically, the way you, um, step into that calling that God's put on your life to do those things. It's so inspiring to me has been, still is, will continue to be. You're one of my favorite preachers. Mm, I appreciate that. Uh, that, that, That's living. Mm. Um, like anytime you're preaching, I like, I can't wait. It's not, I'm not even like, okay, well I gotta, I know Wes. And it's like, what's, how is the Mm. Lord going to use him today? Um, and so, I mean, I, I know deep down, you know, those things, maybe wrestle with them at times, totally. but, um, you're not behind me and you are, you are right where 
where, where the Lord has positioned you guys to be for such a time as this, to be faithful. And you're doing it. You're being faithful with what he's given you, with what you've got, with who's in front of you. And that's making an eternal impact. And the days might come where, you know, the door out to the platform has thousands of people waiting yeah. for you to preach. And when that day comes, how God is forging you now Amen. in the smallness of things at times or the insignificance of things that you might feel like are insignificant yeah. is building the character of that person that will be able to go out there and not see that audience of thousands any less or any more than yeah, the audience right. of, you know, a yeah, hundred that they've got. So, and that's who you are. So I love you, man. Thanks for coming on yeah, the absolutely. podcast today. What yeah. a, what a privilege it is to, to get to be in your life. And for me to get to, I'm such a, I've moved from, nobody else will get this joke and that's okay. I've moved from having you nestled under my wing <laughs> to feeling like I'm like on the sidelines, like just yeah. cheering you on and, and excited to see how the Lord's just going to continue to use your life. Um, I'm in, I'm all in, I'm Wes and Amanda and Sunday. So uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for your life, for living authentically for the Lord. Love you. Love you too. Well, there you go. Episode four wrapped up. Thanks for listening. See you later.